0: Hello everyone, my name is Duncan Macklin, I am War on Twitter. And this is another episode of Cyber Speaks Live, and this is going to be a very special episode. Um, something that really just tugs at my heartstrings, and uh, I have a wonderful guest co-host joining us today live... For Microsoft Ignite, once again, we are on the Expo Hall floor, set up in the Microsoft Podcasting and Recording Studios, and I just want to thank Microsoft for inviting me to come out here, bring this show out on the road, and be able to talk with you guys and cover, hopefully, some uh, very interesting topics for you guys. And today's topic, like I said, it is, uh, it's one that hits home with a lot of us and uh, a lot of folks in our industry so we're going to be discussing vets and security and joining me today is a blue badge microsoft Microsoft microsofty as you guys uh (laughs) internally like to refer to yourselves Ryan, I I get my name butchered and bastardized all the time. (laughs) Nobody can ever pronunciate it correctly. I am not even going to take a stab at yours. But, Ryan, can you just kindly introduce yourself for the audience?
1: Sure, no problem. Thank you, Duncan. My name is Ryan Makababad. My Twitter is Ryan underscore Mac, R-Y-E-N. And I am a veteran of the U.S. Army. I spent eight years there. Um, on active duty and then um, transitioned into the reserves and transitioned to Microsoft.
0: Excellent. And, you know, I had thrown it out there on Twitter and also on LinkedIn that, uh, you know, I was going to be out here this week doing podcasting for Microsoft and just made the invite. If somebody had a compelling topic or something of interest that they wanted to come on to the show, and discuss with our audience, you know, hit me up, right? And you did. So tell me what was going through your head. What was the thought process, and why did you broach this particular topic and find it of keen interest to our listeners?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much for the invite, by the way. Um, I love to use whatever platform that I can to, uh, to help other veterans. Get to where I'm at, um, and and what that is is I'm a uh, program manager in Microsoft Defender Advanced Threat Protection. So I'm working in cybersecurity, and I fell in love with it. And I really see it as a um, as a field where veterans are uniquely positioned to do well because absolutely, yeah. Um, so our entire military careers is spent on OPSEC, operational security um, We are taught and trained drilled into us to pay attention to detail um, to think about uh, the second and third order effects to understand our environment and that's really and also to analyze the different, uh, Data, for lack of a better word, that come in um, to our sensory field.
0: Yeah, kind of like that OODA loop, right? You know, you're observing, orientating, Mm -hmm. and, you know, making decisions and acting. And you're going through this on a constant day-to-day cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to try to put myself into your shoes but I am prior law enforcement mm-hmm. you know and we end up having to go through a lot of the same conditioning and mental preparedness and mm-hmm. physical preparedness on the job and I also think that law enforcement makes a great transition into information Absolutely. security Absolutely. And, and data protection and those kinds of things that we're involved in so you know there's Obviously, a great opportunity for these veterans to be able to make the transition into civilian careers in InfoSec, and yeah. You know, but at the same time, you know, we're we're still facing some other issues in that whole transition process, mm-hmm. and I think that was part of what you want to get across and, and what some of the opportunities and resources are for them there. Do you want to just take lead on this? conversation and kind of d- drive what it is that you're hoping to get across because I think you have a message that truly does need to be heard
1: yeah um, so there are a couple of things that I wanted to really talk about and at a high level it is one for hiring managers um, and and understanding the language that veterans use within their um, within their job descriptions um, and then two for uh, military veterans and Helping them to understand the language, the um, translation that they have to do in order to even get their resumes seen and and through that automated process. Um, uh, as you probably know, a lot of the um, a lot of the sites where you input your uh, submit your resume, they use uh, automation in uh, order to OCR. screen those exactly. Yeah, Uh, to screen those those resumes and a lot of our service members they don't have experience with um, with metadata they don't have experience with buzzwords keywords and and really tailoring that resume uh, to the job description that they're they're looking to attain Um, and also uh, they don't have an understanding we don't have an understanding of um, how are job skills within the military translate to those in the civilian world? We don't have practice in it.
0: Th- that's a really good point because I've never actually given that uh, consideration. But you're right. You know, just like yourself, you spent eight years mm. in the military and... That kind of puts you into this bubble of existence, and you're dealing with military terms and verbiage and mil specs and everything else, and it becomes a lot of fancy acronyms and stuff that does not resonate well in civilian life. Right. And you're doing this for 8, 12, 30 years, Mm -hmm. and then trying to come out And take all those skills that are fabulous and they fit very well within what we're trying to accomplish in the private sector or you know, public sector. And there's got to be a translation mm-hmm. of what it is you've been doing, and all these, you know, mil specs and, and uh, you know, these acronyms that are being used. And, so do we need a translator for our veterans i uh, mean really is absolutely that needed?
1: um so uh, translators do exist um and and there are a couple of um there are a couple of sites that um, provide this this translation but it's very generic <laughs> um so like for my job um as a 35 tango Military intelligence systems maintainer and integrator. That's one. That's a mouthful. Yep. But basically, what it means is that I did sysadmin work. I did net admin work. I handled things at different classification levels. I, handsi- I, I handled highly sensitive data. But if you look at any of the translated job descriptions, they say things like I maintain generators, and that was part of my job because I did everything from the generators to the satellite communication dish and everything in between. But that was a very small portion of it. It also doesn't go into like, what were my skills as a team leader? Um, I was a sergeant and I, I led a team and I led an au- a team in an austere environment. There are challenges and there are attributes to, uh, to what I learned during that time that, that, don't translate well in these generic job descriptions, and so I really think that it takes like um, multiple military-minded folk to to look at these job descriptions, and it really I think is the responsibility of the military to be able to and the and the government to really take these jobs, these um, MOSs, military op- occupational specialties, and and translating those into what the civilian equivalent is, um, and and not not the actual career role but the skills the skills that are involved because that's what they can take and they can tailor to each of the the job descriptions that they're applying towards right
0: so are there any existing resources that you're familiar with that exist today for veterans to be able to take advantage of and help in to do this resume polishing and interview preparation getting them ready for you know having to go face to face in an interview scenario or making sure that their resume does pass these OCR technologies that are used in machine learning and some artificial intelligence to be able to determine based off of what's coming in, scan this resume, look for these keywords, terms, certifications, Mm. etc. Is there something out there for these vets to be able to help them with polishing their resumes and their skills for the interviewing process?
1: Yeah, so there are a couple um honestly there are um quite a few that have um been started uh lately in the last few years um i (laughs) i'm trying to recall the names of them now but i know daniel savage who used to be the military um uh, uh technical lead i think in in linkedin um, I can't remember what his actual title was, but he was very much uh, involved in the military community at, at, at LinkedIn. He started his own company that also helps veterans. Um, if you go on to LinkedIn, and there's there's actually a whole community. Um, I think it's called the uh, Veteran Mentor Network, um, where you can go and you can talk to other veterans that are already in careers, and and they will. There are a whole bunch of people there that are willing to look at your resume. And, and help you tailor it. That's um, also awesome. yeah. And and uh, the person who leads that, um, he actually provides like a book and 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 tips on how to g- how to get started. There's also um, another gentleman. Um, I'll. I will actually. I'll do a post on LinkedIn that has all of these resources, just because right now I'm I'm a little bit forgetting some of them.
0: Yeah, no worries. We can update the show notes as well to be able. Oh, to absolutely. That some would be those. great.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll send all of that information to you and the, and the links. But um, the biggest thing is finding a mentor, yeah. um, and and that can be really difficult because uh, one, it's hard for us as as military members to go to someone and ask for help, especially a stranger. Um, it goes against everything that we're taught in the military because we're, we're not supposed to trust strangers, but right. here we are on the way out of the military and this future is kind of blurry. We don't know what it looks like. Uh, we have to make sure that we're still able to cover our mortgage or that we're still able to put food on the table that once we get out of the, you know, out of the military, we don't become homeless. Um, These are are real concerns that a lot of people who uh, have transitioned out of the military and are looking to transition out of the military have. Because we've had this stable position within the military for the last X amount of years, and all of a sudden, that's changing. Yeah. So
0: what else would you like to get across i mean obviously we have the whole transition process Mm. and and being able to have career preparedness and, and making sure from a professional perspective that we're enabling our veterans to be able to rejoin civilian life in, mm-hmm. in a in a positive manner and ensuring that they have steady workflow and that their skills are being transferred into appropriate roles, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's also, especially in, in security, cybersecurity, you know, from my perspective, I see it as the highest risk, highest stress uh, part of the overarching IT career path mm-hmm. that one could take. And unfortunately, it's also probably one of the most best suited for prior military. So they're coming out of these high stress situations, dealing with combat zones or just the military life in general. Now they're coming into civilian life where you think they would have a break from it, that they Mm -hmm. would have normalcy in their life. And unfortunately, because it's so easy to, number one, get into InfoSec because of their prior military experience, the allure of the high salaries that our skills demand Mm -hmm. in the marketplace That attracts them as well, I would believe. But then we're throwing them out of the frying pan and straight into the fire. And again, we have this high-stress environment for them to be operating in while they're probably still having to deal with the recovery aspects of what they've just gone through in their military life. Obviously, PTSD is a significant health Issue mm. with law enforcement, with military. Um, do you want to talk about that at
1: all? I would love to. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so, um, the first thing I will say is that no one is going to die from a decision that you make today, and um, and this is something that uh, actually they put up in our a new employee in orientation. And it's something that I think is really important to get across that no matter the, house, the high stress uh, of, of the job that we have within cybersecurity uh, for the most part, except for maybe in like some medical scenarios, right? No one's going to die from a decision that you make today. Um, so although it's very high stress um, it's, not, it's not comparatively to the stress that we have in the military to the stress that we have when we're in a deployed environment when we're facing an attacker um, you know, or, or uh, you know, you were having to save a life that um, There's no comparison to that level of stress um, and the other thing is that a lot of people they um, They don't seek normalcy. We went through an experience that changed our lives and to go back to something that's uh, mundane—that's not—that's not something that a lot of people necessarily seek. That is certainly the right path for some people, um, but you know, for, for others, it's not—it's not something that they seek. And uh, certainly for me, I—I uh, I was in Afghanistan when I decided that uh, my time in the military was was, was done and um, And it was incredibly traumatic, and I still suffer from PTSD today um, I you know on the, my talk the other day on on Tuesday I, I spoke about um, I spoke on a women in cybersecurity and risk uh, panel, and I told the audience about um, what I faced with suicide and and how while I was in Afghanistan, um, that was something that was a challenge that I had to overcome because. I got so burnt out I got so overwhelmed and I got to a point where I uh, I just wanted the pain to stop yeah. and and that was Afghanistan for me and I really um, I really had to overcome that challenge because that was something that was so foreign to me to even consider suicide I, I always thought it was super selfish and that it was something that only weak people considered but now, having gone through it, what I realize is that everyone has a breaking point, point. Um, and when you're going through that much pain, um, it 's torture, and it 's torture every single day, uh, from sun up to sundown, from the time that you open your eyes to the time that you, you close them and and so, um, so that 's why something like suicide becomes uh, it, it seems like it's a solution. Um, it's not it's not um, but like you n- sometimes need someone to intervene and be be that voice or be that ear to listen to you be that voice to tell you that you matter um, and I had that and that's why I'm, I'm here today is because someone saved my life um, but I still suffer the effects of that I still suffer from PTSD and um, and it's something that I've had to basically build my life around Um, But when I, when I get to help uh, people protect their environments, their identities, um, their life's work, Mm -hmm. this is an amazing value to me. When I help to, uh, to... um, encourage, mentor, sponsor, service members and underrepresented populations um, to create opportunities for them to come into the workforce, this is extremely impactful for me and and provides a lot of value and helps me deal with that PTSD. It helps me deal with that, um, overcoming that sense of anxiety of putting myself out there and and telling my story.
0: It it is a point of vulnerability, right? And and we put all this pressure on ourselves and, and I'm saying this across the board in our industry because we have I I think I I see and you know, I I've gone through a lot of the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, myself and I feel like especially being a company CEO and all this stuff that I can't reach out for help. I can't say I don't know something. I, I have to always be above and, and, and be a leader. And I, I kind of see the, those same expectations of these vets coming out and all this pressure that they're putting on themselves. I, I did a little bit of fact-checking before we came into this this morning. And... I was really shocked by something and it goes to the gender issue of what you were just talking about, you know, from my perspective, I guess maybe it's just from Hollywood sensation and everything, you know, and what we've seen around PTSD and prior military uh, personnel. But I really kind of put this more heavily towards men that would be the ones to contemplate suicide or follow through with that, you know? And a lot of what I see in the media are men, mm-hmm. you know? But I was shocked to look at the VA stats, and this was based off of the last year reporting for 2017, that when compared to non-veteran people uh, that 1.3 times the rate of suicide amongst men. Mm -hmm. That's still extremely significant. It's Mm -hmm. a a third more men commit suicide as ex-vets than those who did not serve. But what shocked me Was the number of women. 2.2 times the rate of non-veterans commit suicide. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That speaks volume to the crisis that we have as a nation. And what we're doing to have the care, the services, the outreach, preparedness for our military staff in general. But obviously... You know, there's something going on amongst the female veterans that uh, I think we need a little closer look at. And, you know, I'm not trying to say let's bring them in parallel, but yeah, let's do something to reduce the number of women who are coming out of the military and going through whatever it is that they're internalizing and what's happening in their heart and in their head and in their minds, you know my wife sitting to my right for mm-hmm. those of you who are just listening is prior military you know i can't imagine my life without her in it mm. and i know um just like any other father husband son nephew out there you know when these women are coming out we got to have the support system for them so absolutely you know again the there are suicide prevention hotlines and Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i I did neglect to bring show notes about that and i know that there are ones that exist specifically for veterans Mm -hmm. and the crises that are going on in themselves in that support network so we will include those numbers in the show notes and i want to make sure that we have that opportunity and i wish that i could have it for you right now, but unfortunately, I do not, and, and I take that on my shoulders. But uh, we do have just a couple more minutes available in the booth. Um, actually, I'm just being passed over the number. So, for veterans that may be listening to this, if if you're hitting that tipping point, if, if you need help, it is okay. To ask. It is okay to reach out and to just have a sounding board to get shit off your chest and have an open frank dialogue with someone who can understand what you're going through and relate and just be there for you. That number one eight hundred two seven three 8255, press 1 to talk to someone. I'll leave it with that. Ryan, is there anything else that you would like to share in our closing seconds here?
1: Um, just to reiterate what you said, please reach out to someone, um, and and it, it does not make you weak. Um, I came here to Microsoft uh, Ignite, and I am a featured speaker Um, so when you go on the page with Satya, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm there too. So, and, and that's, that's an incredible place of power to be at. And I'm here telling you that I went through this. I, I, you know, I had a plan. I had suicidal ideation. Um, I went through everything except for pulling the trigger and, um, and I'm still here because, I reached out to someone at that last moment right before I, I pulled the trigger to talk to them and they and without even knowing that they, they saved my life, they saved my life just by talking to me. So please reach out to someone, um, you know, build a, a support network. That is really what has gotten me through the last you know, six years is, is building a strong support network of people who love me and people who know my story.
0: Absolutely. And the only other thing that I might add, and tell me if you think this is a, a, a good play, find a way to have routine in your life with others involved. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's meeting up at 0600 for a coffee at the local diner or, you know, uh, every Tuesday night poker game with the guys, you know, have some kind of routine. Or
1: gals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I use that ambiguously but (laughs) yeah Uh, you know have some kind of routine in your life that commits you to doing something and doing something with others it's also kind of a a bit of an accountability because then you matter to them and you start to think beyond your bubble again right that bubble of existence so That's the only thing as a civilian that I can recommend. With that, uh, we are being given the signal. It is 930, and we're going to wrap this one up. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to pass along that phone number 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 to talk to someone and make it matter. With that, ladies and gentlemen, Duncan Macklin, Infosec War on Twitter. Feel free to also reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. I love being able to connect with my audience and have meaningful dialogue with you guys and giving you a voice that can be heard around the world. With that, we are going to wrap up. Second to last day at Microsoft Ignite. They do want me to pass along just a quick message. We have recorded this live from Microsoft Ignite. And Microsoft is giving away 10 sets of Microsoft Surface earbuds to the listeners of all these podcasts that have been recorded during this week. So to enter, hit aka.ms forward slash podcast sweepstakes. With that, folks, uh, it's a wrap. Have a great day. Thank you.